The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to another live episode of the Wisco Fanatic Show, where we discuss the Packers, Bucks, Brewers, Badgers football, and basketball from an optimistic perspective. Wisco Fanatics is brought to you by Cardboard Legacy, Wisconsin's most complete sports card shop. Buy, sell, grade, and consign all at their location in Oshkosh. What's up? Welcome back to another Wisco Fanatics Wednesday. We're starting a little bit late because I am down in Alabama slash Mississippi for the Senior Bowl. So right now I'm at the actually the Biloxi Shuckers. I am in the visiting press box doing the show live from MGM Park, the Shuckers Stadium. And I just want to give you guys I want to give you guys my view. So this is what I'm looking out at right now. Oh, that's hell yes. You know what that is, Tyler? You know what that is? At Mama's the Mia. Dude, I'm not even gonna lie to you. When I like when I was driving up, I was gonna ask Javik, who Javik Blake from the Shuckers, he's the radio guy. He's been super awesome. He's been super cool. He took me through the stadium, he took me through the dugouts, uh, into the, the locker room. So I got to see Jefferson Cuero and Jer- and Jackson Cheerios jerseys, like their actual game worn jerseys and stuff. Uh batting cages and through the you know, through the back of the of the stadium and stuff. And I was thinking about it as I was on my way here. I'm like, I wonder if he knows any good places to go check out the coast. And then I'm pulling like up around the highway, the stadium, like across the street is literally the beach of the Gulf of Mexico. Oh, it's that cool. So I'm like, <laughs> like, well, I guess that answers my question. But then there's the giant casino. There's the hard rock just over there. It's like I said it to a couple of people. I'm like, this ballpark feels like a video game ballpark. Like, this is just a gigantic casino straight out of center field. And then there's, like, a hard rock. And then on the right-hand side foul area is the Gulf of Mexico. It's Dude, it's crazy. The stadium is gorgeous. That hotel looked like Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas. That's what I exactly what I was thinking of when you showed that view. That looks like Mandalay Bay. Uh, He told me that it is a MGM hotel casino. That makes sense. There you go. Yeah, checks out. (laughs) So yeah, I can confirm that. Alrighty, so we're going to jump in, and we are going to start with Badgers basketball. So the Badgers only had one game between last week and this week. They had the win against Michigan State. So Mike, I'll let you go first. What were two things that stood out to you from the Badgers win over Michigan State? Oh man, so number one, we I got to we got to go with. uh, a, a guy that that's had Michigan State's number now these last two games. Uh, it's Mr. AJ Store. I mean, this guy, the straight bucket getter, man. 
28 points, two rebounds, uh, went three of eight from three. And uh, really important stat that we talk about here, seven of eight from the free throw line. Uh, he scored six of the last 10 points to, to close out mm. the game for us, or six of 12, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, like I said, uh, straight bucket getter against Michigan State now in two games. He scored 50 points, uh, 17 of 28 from shooting total, which is just fil- filthy, especially against yeah. a team like Michigan State, Tom Izzo. Uh, you know, even after the game, it was pretty interesting. Uh, first off, Tom Izzo clear has called him, you know, one of the better players he's seen, um, you know, in the Big Ten in general. And so the only time, the only recent comment I've heard from him for Wisconsin players, who's he said, who's been one of the better players like he's seen in a long time was Frank Kaminsky. This, that was the last time, like for a Wisconsin player, he said something similar to that. So, um, you know, the fact that he's saying that about a guy like AJ store, that definitely, you know, says a lot in my view. And one more comment I wanted to call out. Greg guard even said after the game that Michigan state did shut down a bunch of sets that were initially set up for him during the game. Um, you that was just more so, I think he said, organically, like AJ's, AJ was scoring his buckets organically and getting them all by himself from what he was seeing on the breakdown. So, hmm. um, like I said, straight bucket getter, uh, one, hell, one hell of a performance on his end. So, um, And then going into the second part, I got bench scoring. I mean, this is something that we've um, talked about a lot this year that, once, that we did not have last year. There were games that we yeah. went scoreless. We had 22 points this last game on the bench against Michigan State. This is without with Kamari McGee, who unfortunately is going to be out now until mid-February. Um, we can talk about that another time. But, I mean, Nolan Winter and Connor Asijan came in, came in off the bench, hit back-to-back threes around the 12 to 13-minute mark in the first half. So that was incredible. I mean, when you can get that right away coming off the bench, back-to-back threes like that, that's, that's just a difference maker in what – we're scoring, you know, 75 plus points a game now, 80, obviously in this game, but, um, you know, it's complete 180 from last year. So Norland winter hit two, three, six points, Connor Seijan, eight points, uh, John Blackwell, five points in 12 minutes and, uh, Carter Gilmore, three points in 10 minutes. So, you know, putting up this much like on the bench, this is a difference maker for us going to potential final four this year, uh, versus, you know, maybe being a one and done. So, we're just we're just more of a complete team. I think you know this is one of our more complete games that we played all year as well. Um, you know, between you know our offense production and even defensively too, um, which I know somebody's going to talk about here shortly. But um, all around complete game. Uh, you know, I'm looking for we're looking good going into this next two these next two games, and uh, it's best to be playing you know good ball like we are right now. Yeah, uh, Jake, what two things stood out to you from the Badgers win over Michigan State? <laughs> so first, I'm going to start with uh, Greg Gard. Um, it was talked about during the game, and it's something that Gard and the coaching staff and players have uh, kind of participated in over the last couple of years, and it's kind of bringing a focus to, to cancer. Uh, obviously, everybody heard about uh, Greg Gard's mother, who was <clears throat> fighting cancer. Um, a couple of years ago, he wore pink shoes. And then I believe it was last year, some of the players and staff wore pink laces. Mike, you could check me on that. I'm pretty sure they all wore pink laces to a game. Um, And then this last year they had custom shoes. But I just think that's super cool of them, um, obviously, to bring focus to that. So I really wanted to 
to put more focus on it that it was already getting. So I think that it needed to be talked about. Now, my next thing I'm going to talk about is Chuck Hepburn. And the reason I'm going to talk about Chucky Hepburn, and you're going to look at the box score, and I feel like this week, with everything that I've had, the conversations I've had with people, I have to teach people about basketball, which to a certain degree gets me excited. And then on the other end of the spectrum, it's like you're a grown man and you're talking about basketball. You should probably know some things, right? But apparently I have to teach people. So he went one for six from the field and one for four from behind the three-point line. And in my opinion, outside of A.J. Storr, he might have had the biggest impact on this game. He was guarding Michigan State's best player. He was making him work his ass off. And I'm going to tell you right now, their best player, his name is Tyson Walker. He's a senior. Mm -hmm. Just two years ago, Tyson Walker shot 47% from the three-point line. The man can score. Chucky Hepburn, this man is averaging 18.9 points per game right now, 2.6 assists, 3.1 steals he shoots 46 percent from the field 37 percent from the three-point line chucky held him to 11 2 and 5 4 14 from the field that is 29 29 percent chucky hepburn was making that man work and he was working on defense that's he's got a new role on this team now he doesn't have to be a scorer he has to facilitate and play defense and this team obviously i just asked for them to crack the top 10 and they're just like you know what we're gonna be really close to the top five so last thing I'll leave you with before I hand it over to Tyler real quick here is the Badgers have scored 80 points in seven games this year. That is 35% of their of their season so far. They are 6-1 and one in those games. Can you name the loss? Penn State. Penn State. That a boy. Yeah. I knew you'd be on it. You yeah. can't be a Badgers expert. <laughs> well, we don't, have, trivia, right? we, don't have too many, we don't have too many losses, so it's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. I knew you'd get it. So, I will say make one more quick point about Chucky Hepburn. I think Tyson Walker shouldn't have even got 11 points. Remember I was talking about those moving screens during that day, yeah. during the game? Yeah. I hate blaming games on officials, but, man, I thought Chucky got hosed on a couple times where yeah. it should have been a moving screen going going the other way. I think it was at least twice that I saw. So, yeah. But, no, regardless, I just want to throw that out there. I think Tyson Walker was lucky that he got 11 points that game. I wasn't going to take your point because you were the one that said it, so I'm glad that you added it in. Yeah. <laughs> So Barry said, hey, guys, Brad said Chucky took less chances for the steal. Keep his guy in front of him. And that's that's just Chucky. I mean, he's he's going to gamble once in a while to get those steals, but he's still a strong defender whether he's doing that or not. So I will say this. The Badgers, when they had their big lead, they kind of got away from attacking the rim a little bit. So I think the Badgers actually could have won this game by 20. So the defense did stay locked in. But the two things that I really want to talk about are the efficiency – and Michigan versus uh, Wisconsin versus Michigan State. So looking at the two games between Michigan State and Wisconsin, in game one, the Badgers shot 45% on field goals, 43% on three-pointers, and 100% at the free-throw line. In game two, they shot 50.9%, so 51% on field goals, 36% on threes, and 73.7% at the free-throw line. Um Barry, yes, I am in the press box. Uh, I can show you again really quick uh, just uh, exactly what I'm looking at uh, when I look out the window. It's Mandalay Bay. <laughs> it is, dude. It, it Seriously. <laughs> that is, that's the, uh, the Gulf Coast version. Man. <laughs> that's the Mardi Gras version. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Um, 
And then assists to turnovers. So game one, the Badgers had 17 assists to 10 turnovers, which pretty decent. And game two, they had 11 assists and only six turnovers. So really, yeah, can't complain about the efficiency at all in either one of the games. Uh, Barry, the view is awesome. And Biloxi itself is very nice to look at. Second thing, just Wisconsin versus Michigan State in general. So the last time Wisconsin had a home and road sweep versus Michigan State was 2003-2004 season. Wow. The second game that they won that season was an overtime victory that they won 68-64. to The last time... The last time Wisconsin beat Michigan State twice in a season was 2014-2015 season. They beat them once in the regular season and once in the Big Ten tournament. Uh, This game did actually help keep Tom Izzo getting his 700th win, so we didn't have to have that hanging over our heads. Uh, Michigan actually coming into this game had won 8 out of 10. So they were – Michigan State had won 8 out of 10 coming into this game. So Badgers uh, held serve there. And then, oh, this was so close. And this is where I said I believe the Badgers could have won by 20. The Badgers were one point away from tying their largest margin of victory over Michigan State. The final score of that game was 82 to 56. The Badgers won this game 81 to 56. They were one point away from tying their exact score and exact margin of victory, their highest over Michigan State. Uh, Michigan, buddy, Michigan State scored. 66. 66. 66. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I wrote 56 on here. 66. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. No. They won by 15. I don't know. That's why I was thinking that. But, yes, 66 is what I have. <coughs> 16 points is their largest margin of victory over Michigan State. They missed it by one point, tying the exact same record. It's actually impressive when you think about the amount of times that they play each other and that the largest margin of victory for the Badgers is 15 points. Like, that's – I th- or 16 I points. I think the Badgers wild. and Michigan State, they have like the most matchups against each other. It's like 145, yeah. 143. It's somewhere around there, head to head matchups. Hmm. Interesting. All right. So the Badgers, they have two games between now and next week that we'll cover next Wednesday. They play mm-hmm. tomorrow at Nebraska. That's going to be tough. It's going to be. Yeah. And then they play Sunday against Purdue at home. Also tough. So also tough. that that said, Mike, give me two goals that you have for the Badgers in those two games. You know, first, I'm going to say this. First off, I absolutely hate the, a lot of the fan base right now. They're looking ahead straight to Purdue. I don't yep. think the common fan needs to realize that Nebraska is a good team. Like mm-hmm. they got Didn't some they quality wins Purdue right after we beat Nebraska. Yes, I they are. Believe. They are undefeated at home. That's another thing we need to take into account here. We are on the road in the Big Ten. We know how that can go. Yep. So Nebraska going this first goal is going to be more catered towards Nebraska. So as I said, they're undefeated at home. Nebraska has shot 552 three pointers this year. Jesus. In comparison, Wisconsin has shot 385. Right. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah, I just wow. I looked looked it up before. So we got to contest the three ball and they got a few dudes that can actually shoot, shoot it. So you can start with Kasai Tominaga, although a couple, these last couple games, he's been average as of late, but they got some other dudes. Their big man rink, rink mast is actually playing very, very well. He's the Bradley transfer. Um, He's been playing very well for him lately. He took eight, seven threes last time he played us. So expect him 
to, you know, bring Steve out to the top. And he, he's going to be putting that that three ball up from the top of the key for sure. But um, my first goal is just to, get, to contest the threes that they put up and just make it a hard time for them because they're going to be chucking. And, you know, that's going to be one way if they start knocking them down, that, that crowd's going to be rambunctious and crazy all night. So you just got to, you know, limit that. So and Brad said don't get caught up at that sexy ranking they have. Are you talking about the Badgers or Purdue? Probably, Probably us. Probably yeah. us. <laughs> well, I don't want to take anything away from the Badgers. Like, I get they made yeah. a jump from 13 to 6, but, I mean, we shouldn't be taking anything away from the Badgers. We should be giving respect to the opponents. Exactly. Sure. Which, especially with Nebraska, because, again, Nebraska is a tournament team, in my view. They've got That's quality true. wins. I don't want people looking forward to Sunday. Area. But, anyway, second part, this is for both games. We, we just simply just got to play smart. We've cut the turnovers down now a little bit these last couple games. I think we only had six. Was it against Michigan State? Yeah, we only had six. six. Yep. Limit that, especially, when you, again, when you're going on the road and then when you're playing the number two team in the country, Purdue, on Sunday. You got to limit that stuff. Uh, you got to play smart. No stupid fouls. I'm talking to the big men specifically uh, for Sunday. Um, when he got Steve, big Steve has been in foul trouble against, you know, when we play, you know, bigger teams like this. So you just play smart like that. We're going to, he's going to get beat down low a little bit, a few times. We have to expect that. So just don't give up any cheap fouls. If you, you know, I hate to say it, like don't give up on a play, but if you're going to get beat, just don't give up a a cheap foul, play smart, control the controllables at the end of the day. When you're playing two good teams like this control, you can control. Don't turn the ball over. And let's go and get this bread. So, Barry, to answer your question, no, they're not both home games. Uh, Tomorrow is at Nebraska, and then Sunday is at home against Purdue. Um, Jake, what are your two goals for those two games? So, Mike, you almost hit the nail on the head. I was calling Nebraska a trap game as well. Um, This team has to be focused going into Nebraska tomorrow. But I was going to say, you have to prove why you're number one in the Big Ten right now, right? And you, you brought up a point about, uh, winning on the road or winning in the Big Ten in general, you look at Purdue's record, two losses, both of them in the Big Ten. I mean, if that doesn't speak volumes, I, I don't know what to tell you. So I said that points in the paint will be very important in both of these games. I did not know that stat about Nebraska before I wrote this down, but <laughs> here we are. <laughs> so I wrote down all the points in the paint that we have scored and all the points that we have given up in conference play Wisconsin has scored 276, and they've given up 252. That is a 30-point average for Wisconsin, a 28-point average for uh, the opponents. So points in the paint is definitely going to be something that's really important, especially not trying to skip over Nebraska, but especially on Sunday when you have a 7-4 guy, right? I mean, probably going to throw it down to him a few times. (laughs) And then my second one, since it worked so beautifully last week, I'm going for it again. Let's trade places in the rankings with Purdue. What do you say? There we go. Why not? We're going to be two or three for sure if we we somehow pull this off. If they beat Nebraska and Purdue, they might be number two. Yeah. They might. All right. So my first one is it goes for both games, and that's to play unselfishly to help the efficiency. So pass up good shots for great shots. I talked about the efficiency in the Michigan State games, both of them, the batters, very, very efficient. And then my second one relates to Purdue specifically. You guys are both mentioning Zach Eady. And it's going to be the thing where just looking at the surface, people are going to be like, oh, we play Purdue. We have to stop Zach Eady. Don't worry about Zach Eady. He's going to get his. Just let him get his. 
I'm focusing on their guard trio. They have three guards who combine to average 35 points a game. So it's Braden Smith, Lance Jones, and Fletcher Lawyer. Now, what stands out, maybe not necessarily the fact that it's like 13, 11, and 13 points, I believe those three average, but they combine for 35. Might not sound, you know, that crazy. Oh, this guy, these guys all average under 15 points. Listen to their three-point percentages. To Mike's point about defending the three-point line, Braden Smith, 44%. Lance Jones, 34%. And Fletcher Lawyer, 42%. Oh, These three are all knockdown shooters, and it goes to people are probably trying to sink down to stop Zach Eady. Yep. You're not stopping Zach Eady. He's fucking huge. <laughs> so do what you can against Zach Eady. Don't divert extra attention to him so much so that you allow Purdue to just kick the ball out, swing it around, and get wide open threes because they will make them. So that's why I'm coming down on my second goal is to let Zach Eady get his, contain the shooters. I like it. All righty, Mike, we will be back with you next week. So hopefully the Badgers are talking about a couple W's and, you know, maybe we're talking about a top five Badger team next week. Oh, I hope so, boys. This is what this is what we've been been picturing since we had the primer. We're, we're here. Absolutely. We're getting there. So hopefully we can get, get her done. So uh, you guys have a great rest of your night. Go Badgers, baby. Yeah. yeah. Really quick on Badgers football, too. I did get to interview Tanner Bordellini today. I had had to ask him a couple questions. So if you're interested in checking that out, do that. And, uh, yeah, all righty. Mike, have a good one. Later, fellas. All righty. So now you and I get to stick on the subject of basketball, and we talk about the Bucs. So So, let's let's hit the pause button real quick, real quick, real quick. Okay, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. So you're – at the Biloxi Shucker Stadium right now, right? Yeah. Which is an affiliate of the Milwaukee Brewers. Double A? Double A. They're the double A team. The fuck? Barry, hey, I have Reggie, not been able to Reggie, talk to you. Reggie, Reggie, you need to calm down. Okay, Reggie. It's okay. We're gonna, I, I was just going to touch on that, actually, before you commented. The Packers had a new DC. Okay? So we got Packers news. You're affiliated with the Brewers right now. We just talked about Badgers basketball. You mentioned Badgers football, and now we're about to talk about the Bucks. And you know what that equals? The Wisco Fanatics, and that's why we're Full here, circle. baby. That's why we're here. Reggie, that's we are going to dive deep. We are, hey, we're going to dive deep on Friday. Uh, yep. We're going we're gonna to come up with a new game plan because we, we actually had an episode yep. planned. But we're going to have to plan a new episode. But Friday night, 8 o'clock, Reggie, I expect you to be there because you're a big-time Packers fan. Uh, I love your commenting during the show. Barry, you're going to be there as well. I think he's a good choice, too, from things that I've read. I think he's going to be really, like, like, out of left, not necessarily out of left field, but, like, out of out of the names that were all listed, him not being one of them, I think that's what people are getting caught up with. Where they're like, oh, we, you know, people are kind of romanticizing, you know, this guy makes sense because of yep, this, this, yep, this, and this, yep. and they get attached yep. to those candidates. And because this guy just kind of came out of the blue and stole the job, and people are like, oh, my God, why are they picking this guy? He wasn't one of the ones they interviewed. Like, trust me, they've interviewed him. Two things. One, 100% a Packer move, by the way. 100% of I, – I was laughing when I when I got the news. I was like, bro, this is, this is such a Green Bay Packers thing to do. <laughs> to, like, literally under the radar, not tell anybody about this person they interviewed for the job, and then be like – 
bam, you got the job. We're gonna Reggie, he's got it. lots of NFL ties besides the 49ers. Yep. He was also a D-backs coach with the Buccaneers and the Browns. So yep. he's got he's got a lot of NFL experience. So we'll talk about that on Friday. We'll get into his full background and yep. uh, we're gonna talk about some of his tendencies, some expectations, some hopes of things we see to hope to see differently. So we're gonna talk about it on Friday in depth. And Reggie, I'm just giving you something to look forward to for the rest of the week, man. Get you through your work week. And then you come home on Friday, you're chilling, and you, you join us for the show, man. That's what I'm that's what I'm here for. <laughs> All right. Now let's jump into our power pairs and our rated performers. Jake, give me yours. All right. So first and foremost, my first one, the Greek freak, the Nigerian king, Giannis Adetokounmpo. He averaged 29 points per game, 13 rebounds, six and a half assists, 65% from the field. He shot 100% from three, three for three this week. He shot 55% from the free throw line. That's got to improve. And he averaged one steal, one block, and he was plus 39 in the week. So just just a Giannis week. And he played a back-to-back, by the way. So, I mean, he does that. Um, next one, Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton might be back, people. Chris Middleton seriously might be back. It's not just the offense, which is what everybody focuses on with Chris Middleton. The defense is ramping up. And that that right there, to me, to me 100%, that is what tells me that the leg is feeling better. Yeah. Because when we had Drew the last couple of years, we always talked about having three two-way players. So the fact that Chris Middleton's starting to play some elite defense, and I, I'm going to stick by it. We went live during the Nuggets game. Yeah. He, he seriously might thing. average two and a half assists the rest of the year. like Or steals. Two and a half steals. steals. Yeah. The man can jump passing lanes. And when he does that, you obviously know that he's a good decision maker. He could pull up for three in transition. He could pass the ball. I mean, there's just a lot of options, especially with yeah. all the space. We'll talk about him because I want to talk about him specifically when we get to that Nuggets game. So Okay. Um, 17 points, seven rebounds, and five and a half assists. I mean, the man was balling. He's our third option, dude. That's disgusting. 46% from the field. I guarantee he had a couple rollout, very close to 50%. 31% from three, 90% from the free throw line, and he had four steals. Um, Bobby Portis. I made Bobby Portis my UP on purpose because I'm a petty person. And again, I feel like I have to teach people what basketball is. <laughs> yeah, I went there. I went there. And don't worry, I'll have some for those people that didn't watch the Denver Nuggets game. And I could tell. So Bobby averaged 12.5 points, eight rebounds, and one assist. He shot 40% from the field, 46% from the three point line, and 80% from the, the free throw line. And I'm just going to be completely honest with you. His field goal percentage dropped a lot after that Nuggets game because otherwise, at, before that, he was over 50% from the week. So, um, so very, that's a great question. Some, like, it's Mardi Gras is soon. I don't know exactly when it's Mardi Gras, but no, I got them because the Biloxi Shuckers made their special announcement today <clears throat> that for four games this year, they're going to wear um, Biloxi King Cakes uh, uniforms and they're going to have beads on the sleeves, like where it's normally stripes. The stripes are going to be beads. Oh, that's pretty cool. So I got to kind of help break the news. I actually snuck a couple of questions in on their press conference of it. So uh, you can check the live video out on that. Um, but, yeah, the, they're doing the Biloxi King Cakes. And King Cakes are basically just like giant circular cinnamon rolls. I got to have yeah. one. They had a whole bunch of them down here. So that was cool. First of all, great um, I went with, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I went with Damian Lillard. Just He he still had a good numbers. Um <laughs> Still had good numbers. I didn't. I didn't buy a Jacob shirt. 
Um, I got one for my wife. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> See if she notices. Um, I got Damian Lillard, 23.5 points per game, 5.3 assists, 3.5 rebounds, 1.5 steals. Didn't shoot the best this week, but he's still Dame. Still, still filled the numbers up, and he shot really well all the free throws. Mm-hmm. And then I have Brooke Lopez. He shot very, very, very well this week. So Brooke Lopez averaged 15.5 points, 6.5 rebounds, 48.9% on field goals, 47.8% on threes, mm-hmm. and 100% uh, on free throws. Um, Brad said Portis worries me. He's a little inconsistent, and we'll see if Adrian Griffin had anything to do with that in his his offense. Um, Taylor, if she texts me, I will I will tell you. If she goes, oh, so you got me a Biloxi King Cake shirt. We'll see. Uh, What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Harry said Portland's going to make Dame or Dame is going to make Portland cry tonight. Um, maybe. I mean, we'll see. I mean, the um, tribute video will probably make them cry anyway. That's that's where I was going to go with that. <laughs> um, for my underrated performer, I went with Pat Connaughton. I am also petty. Um, so Pat Connaughton only averaged six points a game this week. However, he also averaged 1.8 assists, 1.3 rebounds. Pat Connaughton lights out this week. on field goals, 54.5% on threes, and 100% on the free throw line. And as we'll talk about in these games, we got to see Pat in several different roles this week. A lot of different roles for Pat Connaughton this week. So let's start with the first Cleveland game. We can just kind of honestly, if you want to, we can kind of just lump the Cleveland games together. Yeah. Um, It's, I don't know. We can because I have something after the second one. So we can just lump them both together if you really want to. Okay. I'm fine with it. Um, 
So going from the first one, which happened last Wednesday, yep. uh, the Bucks ended up winning that one, 126-116. Uh, really, this was just a, a good, good basketball game, uh, honestly. Uh, both mm-hmm. teams were shooting the ball well. Uh, both teams were kind of hot and cold from the three-point line at, at points in this game. Uh, the rebounding was very even. Uh, it, when you go down the list of, of stats, they're all very even, ex- except the free throw line, which everybody likes to complain about the free throw shooting. But honestly, like, the Stars shoot the most free throws, okay? And they have the ball the most. They're the best with the ball the most. It, it, and they're going to get fouled the most because they're just good, right? That's just how it works. People want to complain about Shea Gild- say G- Gildas Alexander. They want to complain about Joel Embiid. Now, Joel Embiid is a special one because he is a seven foot, 300 pound James Harden, wow. and it's annoying. Um, and man, and he was doing that before he met James Harden. Then he got with James Harden. That was scary. But like the stars shoot the most free throws, it just is what it is. And we have two of the best. So uh, the free throws really are what won this game. Giannis 35, 18, and 10. I mean, that's just, that's just, you want a stat about Giannis? Yeah, tell me that. Giannis is the first buck ever to have 35, 18, and 10 on less than three free throws. Oh, that's disgusting. That's very that's gross. ridiculous. Um, Chris Middleton had a very good game, 24, 5, and 5. Damian Lillard with 28. Uh, Mikhail Beasley. <laughs> you did it again. I did it again. Start writing out his full name in your uh, in your notes. I, need a, I just write MB, and I need to write. Yeah, you need to start writing Malik B. Damn it. Malik Beasley uh, had nine points, but and you're gonna you're gonna notice a trend with Malik this week. He didn't take a lot of shots, didn't score a lot, but he was he was giving effort on defense. I'm gonna oh, give yeah. him credit for that. I feel like the Bucks were really trying to amp up the defense this last week. I mean, they gave up 116 and 112 versus the Cavs. They go one and two in those games. The offense is gonna have to figure it out. You know, obviously under Prunty that for most of these games, but. When's the next watch party? We're actually going to plan that one. We're going to plan a, a Badgers one first. Yeah, we're going to try to do a Badgers one. But we can, we'll, we can we'll try to do them more often if we can. I mean, we'll figure it, some it, stuff I mean, out. Maybe next year, next year we're not going to have Packer shows on Friday nights. So maybe yeah. Friday nights we can do some watch parties next year for the Bucks and stuff. Yeah, so I mean, I'm yeah. always game for a watch party, bro. That's that's fun, bro. If people are going to come and join us and comment, we can, we can just be dudes snacking on snacks and drinking sodas, bro, watching the game. I'm cool, man. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Uh, so and then I'm just going to skip the second one. I'll let you do all your stuff uh, after. The second one was also even when you really go down the line of the stats. Um, but the thing that I wanted to point out is I went through the points off turnovers, the fast break, and the points in the paint for Cleveland versus Milwaukee this year because I think it's been a little bit worrisome. Mm-hmm. And this version of the Bucks that we have right now, which is not the final version that we're going to get, obviously, but this version of the Bucks that we're getting right now versus Cleveland team makes them a tough matchup if we ended up facing them in the playoffs, in my opinion. So the points off turnovers, <clears throat> they have 43 so far this year. That's an average of 14 points off turnovers just right there alone. And then fast break, they have 67. That's an average of 22. Basically, it's decimals. I'm just taking away decimals. And then the points in the paint versus Milwaukee, they have 174 points in the paint in three games. That is an average of 58. That is just – that's a lot of points that we're giving up for for, for turnovers and, and bad shot attempts and bad transition defense, and it's just – that's, you know, where Mikey was talking about control the controllables. 
those are in the controllables area. So those are things that the Bucks should be focusing on. And I know Doc is going to get to work. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure people have said it a million times. The defense is sick. The Bucks are sick. The doctor's in the house. Like, let's fix it. All right. So I gave you the stat about Giannis from game one. Looking yeah. at the first game, so last Wednesday coming into that game, Cleveland was on a really hot streak. Yeah, they were. So when when they beat us the previous Wednesday, I kind of like took a little bit of the sting away because it's not like, oh, the Bucks lost to the Cavs. It's like, oh, the Cavs are actually playing really well. Yeah. So in their last five games, shout out to Steven Watson for this stat. The last five games that Cleveland had played coming into this one, they had trailed for 35 seconds. Yeah, that's wild. Total. That's nuts. That's insane. That's almost that's basically five straight wire to wire victories, except yeah. for one point where your opponent took a lead for a possession or two. <laughs> for five games, that's wild. Yeah. It's impressive. Uh, looking, yeah, it, it is impressive. The Bucks did end the Cavs eight game win streak in here. Um it was actually <clears throat> the Cavaliers too to this point. They've had the best defense in the NBA since January 1st. And the Bucs were able to put some points up on them. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bucks defense, I did think, looked a little bit better in this game, keeping guys in front of them, simplifying things a little bit. Uh, Jake Crowder was making an impact. Uh, the big three, 87 points, 24 rebounds, 19 assists, only four turnovers, four steals, and two blocks. That's a lot of numbers. That's all of the numbers almost. <laughs> all the numbers, yeah. <laughs> um, and then this was Giannis's fifth triple double of 2024. Um, he's had a double double in every game except for the Golden State game. He finished one rebound short. Now, Giannis, <laughs> Giannis has finished one assist short of a triple double once, two assists short of a triple double once, and three assists short of a triple double once. So Giannis is. Essentially combined six assists short of having eight triple doubles since 2024 started. Now, going into the second game, um, really my big things with this is kind of ties in with both of them is, first of all, this is Joe Brunty's last game as the interim head coach. Don't put a lot of stock into, honestly, any of the interim games, um, even though it's fun to put more stock into the ones that they played well. But what I really am looking for from Doc Rivers coming in based on these last two Cavaliers games is the Bucks have to find a better way to defend the dribble drive. And that kind of ties into what we talked about a little bit with during the watch party on Monday was the way that Brooke Lopez is being, being used. Yep. Um, so that's definitely going to be something to keep an eye on going forward. Um, Damian Lillard shot kind of rough on Friday. Chris Middleton wasn't a lot better, but Chris did have eight point or did also have eight rebounds, eight assists, and two steals. Um, and then Giannis finished that one assist short of a triple-double, and then he just needs to cut his turnovers down. Those are my biggest takeaways, honestly, from that game. So, yep. uh, Bucks and Pelicans. This this game was fun. This was fun. Um, Pelicans have a very interesting roster, mm-hmm. and if Brandon Ingram didn't cost all of the millions of dollars, I would love him on the Bucks. He would – oh, my God. You slide Chris over to the two and you put Brandon Ingram at the three. You get length shooting. Oh, guy, the guy, that guy will perform in the playoffs. He just, he seems like a playoff player, in my opinion, his game. He can get to the mid range. He can shoot the three. He can get on fire. He can be a microwave. I, I'm a big fan of Brandon Ingram. Uh, not a big fan of that beard, though. I'll say that. 
just we're not doing that guy. Um, but you know, Giannis 30, 12, and four, Damon 26, Brooke Lopez with 24. Um, Chris Middleton had to miss this one, it was a back to back. So yep. we're still trying to be careful with the leg, even though that it is coming back, and we're gonna we're gonna get into to him more. You brought up Chris Middleton, so I'm saying this right now. Because the Bucs scored a shit ton of points this game, the Bucs are not better without Chris Middleton. Stop saying dumb shit. Yeah, why, why does that have to be said? Why, do, why does it have to be a reminder? I, I don't understand. Because people that don't like Chris like to use games that the Bucs win without him as evidence that they can win without him. Not in the long term. I think the Bucks could win without Damian Lillard. Doesn't mean that we don't need Damian Lillard or don't want him. Uh, I think the Bucks are fully capable against certain opponents on winning without Giannis. Mm-hmm. But is anybody going to go on the internet and say that we don't we look good without Giannis? No. Stop saying that. <clears throat> so Barry said it's going to be interesting to see how Doc does with his play calling after Monday's game. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to give Doc. I'm going to I'm going to give him a good amount of time. To, to get in there, and, I mean, he's already setting the standard at this moment, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they could win without any player. That's just the yeah. talent of this team, That's which true. is why people get frustrated, and I understand it, and, like, I'm going to go on a rampage in a second here, but <laughs> I promise you it's coming. But, you know, Jay Crowder started in his place. Um, Jay Crowder had five points, four rebounds, and one assist. His job is not to score. His job is to play defense and pretty much just do everything else but score. <laughs> And he does that. Um, Beasley added eight points. He shot three of ten and one for seven from three. Um, I think, you know, and then you can add in the, the Denver game to this. He's on a little bit of a slump, but it doesn't matter because his plus minus is still just fine because there's other ways to impact basketball games besides scoring, which is shocking to a lot of people, especially on the Internet, which is wild, you know. It's like where you find all the idiots is like, where do you find all the idiots? You just go on any social media app and they are just right there at your disposal. Um, I want to add in that the bench played amazing in this game. The bench was awesome. Yeah, 48 points, 16 rebounds, 14 assists. I mean, 23 of 35. I mean, that's, 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 that's cooking. Oh yeah. uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much all. That's the major takeaways I have. The Bucks with 30 assists as a team is fantastic. I love seeing that. Making 23 pointers helps with those assist numbers as well. So, you know, go Bucks. So, looking at this, this this game started off a little shaky. Um, Bucks had a little bit of miscommunication early that let New Orleans get a few layups, and New Orleans started off up 11 to five. <clears throat> so, the Bucks kind of come out of the timeout. They go on a quick 5-0 run. The defense starts playing better. They turn it into a 17-6 run in between timeouts. So Bucks made a great run there. Second quarter, Bobby Portis scored the first seven points of the second quarter. He hit the, the fadeaway that he was like kind of doing his heat check on. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was good to see. Campaign played a little bit of defense. Uh, Andre Jackson Jr. made a three. Damian Lillard hit a sidestep three. Campaign hit a three. Pelicans were able to get the lead down to six, but Bucks pushed it right back up to 12 before halftime. Um, Jay Crowder was actually playing pretty good defense on Zion Williamson, in my opinion, as well. Mm-hmm. He deserves credit for that. Giannis, 
just dominating, just flat out dominating. He he owns the Pelicans. Like I know I've put together graphics about him owning the Pelicans in the past, and then he just continues to own the Pelicans. <laughs> now, the thing that worked out really well for the Bucks was their ball movement. So every time Giannis touched the ball, New Orleans was immediately going to double him. So then Giannis would kick the ball back out. It would swing, it would swing, and then it would swing back. And guys were getting open threes, and they were hitting them, and it was great. And we saw a bunch of this on Monday as well. The unselfish ball movement. I'm going to put something together about this. <clears throat> then getting into the the third quarter, uh, the Bucks had their lead opened up to 25 points halfway through the third quarter, a 27, 20 to seven run, and the Bucks had hit 100 points, but still three minutes and 33 seconds to go in the third quarter. Damn. So definitely rebounding from their their quiet offensive night on Friday, mm-hmm. and then this is one of the reasons that I said we saw Pat Connaughton in different roles. Pat Connaughton got two offensive rebounds in the beginning of the fourth quarter, one of which he kicked out to Brooke Lopez for his sixth three-pointer of the game. So Pat Connaughton, he he doesn't get enough credit for his rebounding. He really doesn't. No, he doesn't. Um, he's, he's a good rebounder, and his athleticism helps with that. Um, Pelicans kind of waved the white flag about halfway through the fourth quarter, and Marjan was come, able to come in and get a couple of buckets. Um and just a really good fundamental night for the Bucks. Only allowed 12 second chance points, only nine points off turnovers, and they missed six free throws for 27 fundamental failure points. So really no complaints about this game, and even still, the Bucks can still get better. So then they played the defending champs on Monday night. If you're interested, Jake and I did a watch party for this game. We talked about Doc Rivers a little bit, um, you know, his press conference takeaways from the press conference that they had on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did that before doing a watch party. If you want, like, a full thoughts on a game, you can watch that watch party because we watched it live and you can get our thoughts on it live. Looking yep. at the breakdown, Jake, what stood out to you after kind of going through and writing some stuff down? I'm going to get into it in a sec here. First of all, Nuggets are a good team. We obviously – we know that. They have they – Literal have defending champs. Players. Yeah. Um, they're really good at their house, obviously. And it was the first game under Doc. So, if anybody was walking away from this game upset, you need to check yourself, okay? Because the Bucks are hitting a literal reset button in the middle of the season. So, let's, let's relax for a second, okay? I'm just going to get into it. I want you to tell me, can you tell me who led the team in plus minus on Monday? I don't want to guess Chris based on his defense, to be honest with you. Nope. It was a guy that was two for nine from the field and one for seven from the three-point line. Bobby Portis. No. Beasley. Beasley. Wow. Okay. Beasley lead led the team in plus minus. But Good did I hear anybody on the internet? complaining about Beasley one for seven from the three-point line? Probably. I didn't see any. You know what everybody was talking about? And it's it's people that have a huge following, like Nathan Marazan or whatever. How, mm-hmm. I don't care. I don't care how you say his name. I don't because he's starting to piss me off a little bit, to be honest with you. He comes away after this game and he says, it's clear who needs to be gone. This – Yes. Oh, oh, this one game removed. I didn't mention Bobby against the Pelicans on purpose. One game removed from Bobby Portis going nine of 15 from the field for 20 points and seven rebounds. He has an off night going two for 13 from the field and two for six from the three point line. 
two of which he made back-to-back, by the way. Sure did. One of the biggest stretches of the game. It was. And you add in that he had 12 rebounds, and both of his assists went for three-pointers. He accounted for 15 points because he scored nine of those. He had 12 rebounds and made some big impact plays in this game. But, but let me tell you this. We're just going to look at the box score. Yeah. We're going to see that he went 2 of 13, and we're going to go online and we're going to bitch about it. That is garbage. You did not contextually think any of that through. I just broke it down for you right there. And, and you want to know something? That took me about five minutes because my brain works. I am so sick and tired of these little boys having a platform and then talking the dumbest, most nonsense, dude. It's just nonsense. I'm just sick and tired of it. And he has such a huge following. And we've talked about this before, dude. Yep. But the people that have the big followings and and, and there's pages that have it and people that have it, the people that have the big following, they don't understand it, but they have a responsibility. Yeah. Because there's a lot of people that don't know how to think for themselves. Mm-hmm. And that, that's like a real life problem. This is not even sports. Or, or time to do research. Throw that or time to do research. Right. So they rely on people like you and they rely on people like me and you, Tyler. So that's why we put in the work and we care mm-hmm. because we want to mm-hmm. put the truth out there. Yep. And we want we want people to understand the sport better after we talk about it. Yep. So when you have this huge following on how many ever followers he has on whatever, he has so many followers, dude. He has like over 50,000, I'm pretty sure. But or 30,000 at least. You, of the of those 30,000, you could say probably 90% of those people don't actually look up stats and, and understand basketball, right? Mm-hmm. I could comfortably say that. So they're relying on you to put that information out there. So when you tweet something like that and you keep going at this player. Then you start poisoning the brains of all these other people. Yep. And that That's is cool. the shit that pisses me off because yep. then there was other accounts that were doing it. Bucks yep. accounts. They're called their first thing in their at is Bucks. And all they're doing is trashing our players. And we've had this conversation about Packers players. Do you not think that these guys see that? Yeah. Come on, man. Bobby Portis is one of the coolest guys around. And he does things that don't show up on a stat sheet that matters to winning. Yeah. So we need to stop with this shit. And and look at listen, we can recognize too that he's been inconsistent. But to just and to your point, just just box score watch yeah. and then go at him without adding any context in or giving a disclaimer like, hey, yes, Bobby Portis didn't shoot well, but he did this and this and this, which is what you were doing, versus exactly. just going. Bobby Portis didn't shoot well. He should be traded for that. Yeah, we're, we're going to trade him because he, he had a bad day from the field. He did other things that mattered. Right. It's, it's so stupid, dude. Barry said, you guys are the only Wisconsin sports show I like. Other Wisconsin sports pages, uh, they're always wrong on their stats with all sports. I mean, hey. we try to be as accurate as, as we humanly possibly can be. And as, and as contextually appropriate. I have to give credit to Tyler for, for this. There was a lot of stuff that I've wanted to post in the past. And Tyler always checked me like, dude, we got to make sure. Like, we got to make sure. We got to be 100%. Like, we don't want to be putting stuff out there and it's not true. And so I give a lot of credit to Tyler for for setting that standard for us. So, Barry, I appreciate your comment. That makes me feel really good. So, 
we're going to continue doing our thing and we're going to go all the way to the top, man. That's all I know. All right. So again, if you want to, Barry said in the outrageous left field stories, that's, that's <laughs> the clickbait. That's probably one of our least favorite things oh, about God. people that have big followings is when they create news, quote unquote news out of things that are not any, any sort of relevant. Agreed. Or very on the fringe of relevance. <laughs> So looking at this game, again, we did the watch party on Monday. If you want like a super live reaction to it, you can watch that if you're hardcore. Um, but really the main, main things that stood out to me were first, when you get to the fourth quarter, the really, really soft offensive foul that was called on Brooke Lopez for a moving screen, that really took all the momentum away from the Bucks. Like any chance that they had to grab any momentum. They were um, – Denver had taken a two-point lead on a layup before that, and then the Bucks got called for an offensive foul, and Denver went up four and then six and then never trailed again. Yep. Next is turnovers. So this is on me because I said something about it, so I jinxed it. Uh, I brought up that I was really happy that the Bucks had only two turnovers in the first half, and then they had ten in the second half. So, again, this might be a situation where you're box score watching and saying, like, oh, the Bucs only had 12 turnovers. I know I've previously said if they're under 13 that I'm happy. But to go two in the first half and then 10 in the second half, that's two very different uh, things happening here. So two in the first half, fantastic, wonderful, called it out, said I loved it. Ten in the second half, bad, very bad. Great. Um Overall, still not a bad fundamental game. They allowed those 15 points off turnovers. They allowed 11 second chance points, which considering the big men that the, the Nuggets have, not bad. And then six missed free throws, that's 32 fundamental failure points. That's not bad at all. Um, I really, really think that the Bucks played really well on both sides of the ball for pretty big stretches. Uh, I think even with this being Docker's first game, the defense is already better, and Chris Middleton was the embodiment of this. Chris Middleton, dude, he had some stretches. He guarded Jokic. He guarded Aaron Gordon. He guarded Michael Porter Jr. He had a couple possessions where he guarded Jamal Murray. And he did well against all of them. Mm -hmm. So the turnovers for Chris Middleton were a little bit of an outlier. He had four turnovers. That's mm -hmm. really not indicative of, of how he's been this season. His turnovers are definitely down since early in the year. So one game of four turnovers, I'm not going to be like, oh, Chris Middleton needs to go because he turns the ball over too much. You yeah. can't just ignore the last month and a half where he's had like two or three a game while also giving you a bunch of games of eight, nine, ten assists. Right. Now, looking defensively, Chris Middleton allowed only seven points on two for six field goal shooting against everybody that he guarded. Okay, I'm with that. And he scored 14 pretty efficient points added eight rebounds and three assists. He he was, and you called this out as well, he pretty much was the offense of engine in the first quarter. He was, he was cooking. Mm -hmm. And he was looking like, like 2021, Chris, like I was saying before the injury, man. He was he was looking good, man. He You could tell he's getting into better shape too, man. He, he's getting into game shape. So uh, I want to know what my notes actually say during that? the first quarter. I know it's actually say Chris is fucking on one right now. <laughs> he was, dude. He really was. Um, he was going crazy. But, 
the potential. And uh, I'm going to touch on one of your points where you talked about how the offense and the defense had really, really good stretches. That's the potential of this team. Mm-hmm. And that is the reason that – and you brought this up on Monday that when Doc Rivers got calls from other teams, he wasn't picking up the phone. So the reason he picked up the phone is for two people mainly, Giannis and Dame, right? Those are two top 75 players of all time. Then you add in the the supporting cast of Chris and Brooke and Bobby and, and Jay and uh, the, the championship DNA that this team has. So, I mean, the potential of this roster is still insane. So don't get it twisted, right? You know, and, and you forget about people like Pat Connaughton and, and campaign uh, guys that have been on and Beasley who have been on winning rosters, been in the playoffs, played minutes in the playoffs. I mean, you're talking about a team that could legitimately go all the way and people are just kind of sleeping on it. And that's fine, man. I prefer that. Mm -hmm. Honestly, Giannis prefers it too. So sleep on us all you want, but I'll tell you what, that monster is going to wake up eventually and you better be ready for it. In the playoffs. He doesn't shrink in the playoffs. Barry said, yeah. I think Doc wanted to come home. And that's the thing, too, with Doc Rivers is Giannis and Dame are the two best players he's ever had. 100%. Um, I wrote a pretty in-depth article, damn near 3,000 words, on on Doc Rivers and his playoff choking um, and gave the context that was, that was due there. I like it. All right. So the Bucs have four games in the next week, starting with tonight in Portland. They play tonight in Portland. Saturday at Dallas, Sunday at Utah, Tuesday at Phoenix. This wraps up their four-game West Coast road trip. So, Jake, what are you looking at for a record? I'm going to say three and one. I'm going to say they lose to Dallas on Saturday. They should definitely beat Portland tonight. Yep. Dallas, Phoenix. Ah, I'm going to say three and one as well. I am. I almost wanted to lean two and two because the Suns are kind of getting some things together here, but I'll say three and one as well. I like it. Alrighty. So next week I will be back in my uh, my normal habitat. But one <laughs> last time before I go today, I got to give the view the view that I'm looking out at. Ooh. So again, I got to give a shout out to David Blake, who's over in the press box next to me for uh, for hooking me up with the view and uh, letting me be part of the. Let me be part of the news that the Shuckers are going to be the King Cakes for four games this year. And uh, I'll definitely put some more stuff together on that. And uh, other than that, Jake, have a good night. I will see you Friday night when we talk about Packers defensive coordinator. All right, man. Talk to you later, buddy. All right. This is the story of the Wad. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.